I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. Well, the long-awaited Tom and Tool episode is finally here. Yes, this was the episode that was recorded slash not recorded. We can't promise it's just as full of witty banter as our first go was. Do you think it was actually full of witty banter, Inka? Or do you think it was just full of our usual smash? I think it was just a smash. And plus, I was feeling a little bit ill still. So, yeah, it was probably crap anyway. <laughs> it was probably, indeed. <laughs> so this gives us the opportunity for this episode to be less crap. But say if you're new to this podcast, we are only fooling around. Come on in and enjoy the fun. Yes, and it's time for us to stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. So there could be a strike on the horizon. Trade unions GMB Scotland and Unite said staff at Chivas Brothers, the Scotch whisky arm of Pernod Ricard, would vote on strike action unless a significantly improved offer on wages was made. Ooh. GMB Scotland said Chivas Brothers, whose brand includes Ballantines and Chivas Regal, for example, is sticking to a 6.4% pay increase offer despite what it's described as surging sales. It's 6.4%. Is that not quite good? Am I being dumb? Well, I guess because the sales that they're doing so well as a collective, they probably think not really. Okay. Um, I don't know what the, you know, what the pay has been before the pay rise. I'm sure that's true. So David Hume, GMB Scotland organiser, said that the offer was unacceptable when she was and its parent company, Bernard Ricard, have seen unprecedented sales around the world. He said our members are being asked to accept a pay rise that is below the rate of inflation while reading how the owners are celebrating some of the highest sales ever recorded. Mm. So I can see that being a problem. See that that's leaving a bad taste in the mouth. Yes. And he also says that sales of the whiskey made in Scotland are booming around the world, but the workers making it are told they must accept effective pay cut in the middle of cost of living crisis. The salary offer was rejected by 97% of the United members and Chivas Brothers employs around 1,600 workers in Scotland. Very interesting. Well, I hope they get the rise if the company is doing so well and making big juicy profits. Share the slice of the pie with your people, big fat cats. A new report from the Scotland 5G Centre suggests that Scottish whisky distilleries could gain major benefits using 5G, equating to nearly £400,000 annually for a medium-large distillery. More specifically, the report argues that the key benefits will be generated in health and safety, cast management, site management and maintenance and security. This includes 5G-enabled geofencing, it can reduce health and safety incidents apparently by 50% by warning employees in real time when they enter high-risk areas. 5G-enabled chips that can be used to improve cask management efficiency by 15%, saving distilleries a large £125,000 a year, implemented automated security measures and using 5G asset tracking to reduce equipment downtime by half. 
The report is based on preliminary findings from a study conducted at a distillery in central Scotland, which produces approximately a quarter of a million of litres of whisky per year. There are currently 146 malt and green distilleries in Scotland producing around 401 million litres a year. As a result, this means that the industry stands to gain over 30 million over the next five years through the deployment of 5G. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting, but a lot of Scotch whisky is made in rural areas. And even now, you struggle to use your phone there. So how are they going to get 5G working everywhere? And like, isn't it quite risky? I guess you still have the manual aspect. So if anything goes wrong, but I'm not sure... Is 5G the one that a lot of conspiracy theory controversy is around that it's like frying our brains and stuff? <laughs> I think maybe it might be. But isn't phones and all that anyway frying our brains? And For sure. My dad told me in the 1980s that the microwave was like just going to fry everybody's yeah. soul pretty much, yeah. I know, like <laughs> don't stand in front of the microwave and wait for the food. You get all sorts of waves For coming sure. at you. And don't even microwave anything enemy. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I don't use microwave. I do think that it probably kills a lot of the nutrients in the food with all those yeah. waves. I don't know. <laughs> As a teenager, I quite liked it though, because it just felt like quite modern and jazzy and I didn't care about nutrients. And it was fast because you know, teenagers <laughs> are lazy. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> so another news, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society set a world record for the biggest online whiskey tasting with drums shared in more than 15 countries. Ooh, check them out. Yeah, they were celebrating their 40th anniversary um, on Saturday 30th of September by setting a Guinness World Record title for most participants in an online whiskey tasting event. And they had, uh, during the 45-minute event, there was 447 members and they were all tasting the same three whiskies simultaneously. I did hear some feedback that I think there was there were more people attending, but they really struggled to get in line. So I think they had some technical issues, but it's good that they still managed to break the record. If only they had 5G. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good one. They yeah, they had participants from the UK, US, Australia, Japan, China, South Africa, and more. They currently have 40,000 members altogether and overall in 20 countries. So good stuff. So some people had to drink their drums in the morning. Yes, they did. So in New York, they were, I think it was 9am and Australia, it was at midnight. Poof, that's devotion for you. Whiskey Sisters! Okay, so let's get stuck into the main event and talk about Tom and Till Distillery, which was established in 1945 and is located near to the village of Tom and Till, the highest village in the Highlands of Scotland and in the heart of the Cairngorm National Park. The company was born from the merger of two Glasgow whisky brokers. The group's aim was to build a new Speyside distillery to satisfy a surge in demand for malt whisky. A site was chosen just north of Tomtill near the Ballantrune Spring. And not satisfied with operating the one distillery, Tomtill Glenlivet Distillery Company purchased Fetter Cairn from Mr Tom Scott Sutherland in 1971. 
And in 1973, Tom and Glenlivet was acquired by Scottish and Universal Investment Trust and was merged with blending firm White Mackay, which had also been purchased in the same year. Tom and Glenlivet was incorporated as a limited company in 1985 and sold on to independent bottler Angus Dundee in the year 2000. The distillery actually released an exclusive second edition of its 40-year-old expression just recently. Did you see that on social media? If I have, I've forgotten. (laughs) Um, The rich and complex single malt has been bottled at a cask strength of 43.1% ABV, and there were only 165 individually numbered bottles available globally for four grand. Ooh. (sighs) Yeah. Also, this summer, Domintel also announced a new range that consists of seven experimental single malts with contemporary cask finishes. So it was a quite long list as well. Like, it was quite shocked how many new releases they have. So there's Caribbean cask finish, cognac, mellow, PX, Pinot Noir, uh, Tani Port, and White Port cask finish from Portugal. Whew, that is quite a hefty list indeed. Yeah, some really interesting finishes there. Tom and Till Cigar Malt, we actually have an episode on that if you want to tune in, is an intricate combination of classic Tom and Till single malt and rare peated Tom and Till single malt, with each of these individual single malts have been matured fully or finished in hand-selected Oloroso sherry butts from Andalusia in Spain. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I think the nice the mix with the smoky was good. Yeah. Can we just go back to that 165 bottles at £4,000 each? Yeah. How how many of those do you guess are going to end up on whiskey shelves to be drunk? Do you think they're show bottles just as a groin slap or collector's pieces mostly? I think probably yes. And they might end up popping up on some auction later on or something like that. Yeah. Maybe bought more for investment. It'd be interesting to hear. Tomintol is one of the few Speyside whiskies to produce a more heavily peated malt whisky. The standard production process is replaced for two weeks every year with a process to make a whisky with a peatier character. This variation of the Tomintol whisky is usually referred to as Old Ballantrune. Ballantrune is a heavily peated single malt with a distinctively rich, sweet, creamy and campfire smoke flavour profile. This is in contrast to the sea-influenced Isla Peaty Malts. But today we're sampling two whiskies from their core range. Have you tried the old palindrome? I have, and I wish I'd, I thought I'd kept some for you, but clearly I haven't if you don't have any. I I quite enjoyed it. I quite like the non-heavy hitting Isla Peaty drams more than the kind of medicinal type. And yeah. I think you might have quite enjoyed it as well. So we must get our hands yeah, on them again. I must give it a go next time I'm in some bar. Mm. That's it. Because yeah, the kind of sweet, creamy campfire smoke sounds intriguing. I like the name as well, Old Ballantrune. There's just a cuteness to it. Dram on fire. So Tomito is known for its exceptionally smooth and mellow handcrafted whiskey. 
which it attributes to the natural environment from the fresh mountain air of the national park to the soft, pure water from the Ballantyrian Spring. So this Tomintol 14 years old that we're trying now is bottled at 46% ABV, non-chill filtered and matured in American oak ex bourbon casks. I think they refer to or certainly used to as the gentle dram. Have you heard that before? Yeah. I have actually, and I do think it's gentle and mellow for sure. So the color, I would say, is very light goldeny. Yeah, yeah, spring sunshine. Yes, so probably thinking refill um, bourbon casks maybe because the color is so light. The nose, I think it needed to be in the glass for quite a while before I was getting anything really. And, and once after your cold has cleared still. Yeah, but the thing is, exactly, I'm glad in a way... I I was excited to try this again because last time I did have a bit of a cold and I was worried that I wasn't getting much because of the cold. But I do have to say that I'm still not like getting tons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a mellow whiskey, so it's very subtle on the nose. But with the air, I'm starting to get a bit more like vanilla and some caramel notes. At the beginning as well, there was kind of something gluey and like... I was getting candied ginger and pineapple, but I'm not really getting that much now. Now it's much sweeter. I would agree, not in your face on the nose, albeit you're having to put your face right in it to get the notes. I also have that kind of vanilla, maybe a kind of apple pie, vanilla essence, a wee hint of parma violet sweetness on the nose, but something quite citrusy for me, lemony. Yeah, and something a bit grassy. I think at some point non-offensive yeah but it's not like exciting no there's nothing arousing about it on the nose so what about the palate um so I was getting like wet oak Mm -hmm. something like peppery ginger spice maybe some even some like piney juniper in there Mm -hmm. and then plenty of citrus like lime I was thinking and it was very quite watery and light texture wise yeah I think definitely light I'm with you on the kind of peppery I I got quite a citrus fruit zest maybe kind of quite zingy maybe bitter orchard fruits or I was even thinking like lemon sherbets but I like um what herb did you say there oh I just said piney juniper berries but you know like juniper bush is kind of exactly yeah I think that's a really good shout with a kind of more sipping I was kind of struggling with notes but I thought maybe I'm getting a wee bit of short crust pastry kind of that that pastry that you can use in sweet or savory dishes and maybe the gentleness of whipped cream but I felt there was a bit of kind of guessing as if I was having to draw the tasting notes out yeah yeah it's funny that you say the whipped cream actually I feel like now on the finish I'm getting a little bit of that kind of whipped Mm. creamy on the top of my the lemon followed through to the finish for me, maybe a wee bit biscuity, kind of medium length and, and lemony on the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Did the palate excite you more than the nose? No, not really. It's such a light dram. I could see it like working in the summer with so you just kind of see it working in a tea break if you were still allowed to drink at work. Yeah, with a little biscuit on the side or something. Just like a morning <laughs> dram with a tea biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. People still use the term morning dram, but it's kind of like, who has a morning dram? <laughs> well, <laughs> depends what time you wake up, I guess. <laughs> so, okay, the next one then. 
Tom until 16 years old, bottled at 40% ABV and has been crafted from a selection of the finest American oak ex-bourbon barrels. Multi, let's brace for that, multi award winning. Yeah, colour-wise, similar-ish. Similar-ish, maybe slightly more golden, but still very light. So again, a same problem. I didn't get anything straight away. It was quite, you know, it's hard to get anything. But then with air, it becomes caramelly, tannic tea cakes for me, milk chocolate coated nuts. Ah, I'm totally with you that it was hard to get um, stuff on the nose. I had to take super big sniffs. I got like a toffee sauce, dried out like grassy area, maybe some peaches, maybe some pear. Yeah, I was getting much more on the sweeter, like sweeter notes, like Maltesers and things like that. Could go a Malteser with us right now. Anything else that you... Not you were- really, and I'm going back in for more now. Let me Let me sniff. While you sniff, I can tell you my palate, which I really don't have much to say. Again, go for uh, it. Cinnamon on watermelon, but like watermelon that's not super sweet. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of spice, but that kind of watery, slightly fruity, watery aspect. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not very sweet. It wasn't really, I was maybe getting some brown bread. There's definitely black pepper more on the finish than at first. Like it kind of comes later. <gasps> Oh, apologies, Inca. I oversniffed there, went into a coughing fit, and now I have like a crazy voice. <laughs> I think they are quite similar jams. Less sour, but still, still sour. A white pepper spice, sour, fizzy sweets, and maybe like a licorice flavor as well. But then it did, with more sipping, get a bit gentler because at first I was like, ooh nasty sour nasty white paper and I don't really like licorice but it did soften gentler but not super sweet and kind of reminded me of you know like when you do baking and you use healthier ingredients like more honey less sugar and mm-hmm. maybe like mashed fruit and stuff healthy baked goods I kind of got in the palate and I've just written a long finish and that's it just like it just wasn't giving me much yeah I'm not even sure if it was that long I think maybe I would prefer the f- 14 on the palate, the 16 on the nose, but I don't know. I'm I'm not like super excited about these. This just too light, a little bit too meh for me. I prefer a little bit more oomph from my whiskies. Too gentle. We too need a gentle. bit more of a firm hold, Inca. Yeah, yeah. I don't do gentle. We need flung <laughs> about the dance floor. <laughs> yes. Tom and Tool's was... just sidestepping, isn't it? It's just doing a wee cheeky sidestep, but we want flung about the floor. Oh, it's not calling. It's like, you know, the Glenn Cadden was singing for you and all that. It, exactly. And I want to like the Tom and Till more because, you know, it's related to yeah. Glenn Cadden, right? And that totally like ignites my hoo-hoo soul fires. And as you see, Sings to me, but whew, yeah, I'm not hearing anything on the airwaves here. But I guess they are too, even if they have the same ownership and so on. Obviously, they are very different distilleries, and we did have two of... cousins in a family, and they're yeah. very different <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we did kind of remember with the cigar malt, we kind of did enjoy it, but it wasn't also that exciting like it, it was still a little bit light and watery like it did it was very Tommy Toll like I guess at least now I know I can tell you what Tommy Toll distillery kind of is about all about I mean, 
we must, I'll revisit Old Ballantrue and you can get a taste of that. It'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are on their pitied drop, drop. <laughs> <laughs> Interested uh, to hear your thoughts on their pitied whiskey. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So have you ever seen the Tommy Toll perfume bottle whiskey? No, I certainly have not. What's all this about? I know, it's called music. So basically, it was made by White and McKee in the late 70s, and it existed throughout the 80s as well. And they had non-age statement, eight-year-old and 12-year-old releases in these bottles. And it was kind of old-style whiskey, I guess, like refilled mm-hmm. hogsheads, like ex-sherry, very rich, unpeated. And if you would compare it, I actually contacted Ian for a little bit more intel on this perfume bottles and he told me that to compare it to a current release it probably would be similar to the 12 year old Oloroso which ah. spent ten, yeah so that one spent 10 years in ex-bourbon and two years finished in Oloroso although he did point out that the difference would be that during the perfume bottle era uh, they didn't actually do secondary maturation at all so it would just be a mix of different casks so it could be like mix of sherry and bourbon rather than you know putting one and then the other oh yeah i thought it was interesting basically it's kind of uh, i'll send you a picture and obviously post a picture for our socials so people can see it just looks it doesn't it really just doesn't look like whiskey at all it does look like a perfume bottle but it is cent, uh, 70 centiliters so it's a full size like an old-fashioned one with the plume thing that you go and it pops out <laughs> no although that that would be really funny <laughs> no you it's could, more like we, just could, like we could have a cigarette in a holder and wear like a big fur trimmed dressing gown and little slippers with heels yeah. And then have the old-fashioned perfume bottle with whiskey. No, it's not quite as perfumey. It's more kind of round or like long. How to explain? I will send I'll I'll post the picture. Show us the picture and Yeah. On. So the distillery actually looked into bringing it back as a laugh and as a kind of you know it's a piece of history basically but the glass mold apparently had broken so they gave up on the idea because it's quite hard to get it redone and so on and then they just thought maybe people wouldn't get it anyway and just thought what what are they doing basically (laughs) Um, but you can still find some bottles in auctions although they're becoming rarer and rarer so yes if if we see one maybe we'll get one who knows because it's just kind of fun I I don't think they were that expensive that's interesting especially if they're not able to make them anymore they might become super collectible but it sounds quite a funky item to own anyway yeah exactly and because it was such a long period of time that they they had them in production, so that's why there were still quite a few available. But Ian did say that apparently they're quite hard to pour because the opening is so small, like in a in uh, a little bottle. Yeah. Cool. One more thing. So I saw Master of Malt to describe it perfectly, and I, I really like this one, so I'm just going to read it, how they wrote it. Do you often think to yourself, golly, I wish I could find a bottle of Tommy Toll 12-year-old single malt from the 1980s that looked like it belonged in the daydream of someone in the 1970s, imagining what the world would look like in the 2020s. That's a conundrum. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. That's brilliant. I know. Um, And one more fact for you before we go. So before the famous Intrepid bottle that was 311 liters do you remember that one i think it was was in macallan oh, okay tommy toll was the distillery to hold 
the Guinness World Record entry in 2009 for the largest bottle of whiskey in the world. A massive 105.3 litres of Tommy Toll 14-year-old. I wonder what happened to that bottle of the gentle dram. That's a whole lot of gentle. I know. Imagine buying that and then you'd be like, oh, it's not really for me. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Dram dom crap. Hey, this isn't a fact. It's just more random crap. But you haven't happened to watch the new Netflix show, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, have you? No, I have not. Well, the deets. so I've only started watching it. I've only like watched one episode, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, what is it? I actually watched uh, the Dirt movie, <laughs> the Metal Crew, based on the Metal Crew book last <laughs> night. <laughs> Did you? Did you like it? Well, it's, you know, it's not the greatest thing, but I just like all the music. The music and all the outfits are amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy, isn't it? Totally mental. Totally mental, absolutely. Okay, so The Fall of the House of Usher is an eight-episode horror series based loosely on the Edgar Allan Poe story of the same name. And it's from writer-director Mike Flanagan, eh, who did The Haunting of Hill House um, and The Midnight Club. So anyway, I've just watched one episode, and so I'm not going to do any like plot spoilers, other than to say one of the characters is like pitching to his relative about this bar and stuff he wants to open. And he keeps talking about Glenfiddich. Oh. And that's basically why I'm mentioning it. And that's it. <laughs> that's your whiskey connection. I know. I don't I don't really do horror. I would probably need quite a lot of whiskey to be able to watch anything horror stuff. Well, in my teenage years, I watched a lot of horror because that was part of the jam. And But of course, our pal Mike at Whiskey Morgue, who I hope those of you that have watched The Silence of the Jams noticed um, Mike from Whiskey Morgue's cameo role in that, playing Migs in that film. But since we've been like um, internet friends with Mike, he's been posting so much about some amazing films, like some are more thriller vibes. So I'm not so much horror genre, yeah. but I do like a thriller. Oh, I but love a I- thriller. Yeah, because yeah, like horror can be like just like gory and yeah. gross and terrifying uh-huh. and all that. But so I don't know if I like this fall of the House of Usher. But I was thinking, oh, do Glenfiddich know they're being mentioned? <gasps> Are they sponsoring this? Is the writer a fan of Glenfiddich? Like, yeah, I want to know. We should yeah. ask Mark, shouldn't we? Also, that was a good mention considering Halloween is on Tuesday next week. That's our Halloween input, basically. (laughs) That's our gift to the world for All Hallows' Eve. Yeah. Well, actually, in Italy, there is, uh, like, all the kids apparently always dress up really scary. Mm -hmm. So my friend's kid, who is five years old, four, five, five, and he's dressing up as the, what is it, the Reaper. The the Reaper. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's really scary but anyway they're gonna go around this all the bars and restaurants in this one square are gonna like they're giving candy to kids and all that and then the next day is bank holiday so we might just join them and see go and see all the scary that's fun I wasn't planning on dressing up but part of me thinks I want to wear McLaren Starling outfit from the silence of the drums because she's my hero Yes, I know. I do also. I was laughing that you finally became FBI agent that you always dreamed that you would be. 
<laughs> Let me tell you this, right? So you know how there's some of the scenes I was in the local woods running yeah. right, with my fake FBI sweater on. So I drove home, right? And for a tiny split second, oh, can I just say as well, I'm glad that nobody came across me in the woods because I had like a whiskey bottle and crime scene tape and a wig on and perils and like fake sweat and all that, like to get into it. And I was filming myself with a film attached to a tree by duct tape so it just was all a bit terrifying but nobody came across me so anyway I had my bag of goodies and I had my FBI sweater and I still had my Claddy's wig and all that on and I came out of the car and for a split second I saw my reflection and I felt proud of myself <laughs> yeah well you it was really good I was like, no, I felt proud of myself like I was at the FBI Academy. Like oh. I was at Quantico coming home. Oh. For I a microsecond, I, thought... I oh. was there. I was there. Oh, that's funny. I thought you were just proud that you, you know, costume worked so well. No, I was delusional. <laughs> I was delusional with pride that I was an FBI oh. young candidate, trainee, returning from Quantico. So there we go. That's an insight into my psyche for you. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Okay, well, Inca, have a lovely Halloween. Woo, whatever you're up to. I hope the Grim Reaper doesn't get you and you're alive for our next episode. Next week, we'll be chatting all things Klein Glasser and sample one of the drams. And dun, 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 do you want to spill the news? Yes, we've got another whiskey pal on the airwaves, don't we? Yes, it's been a while. So excited. Excited for that. And somebody who loves their whiskey and is a badass artist. So we look forward to welcoming her. You know the score, regular listeners. Follow us on Instagram. If you've unfollowed us because you can't be bothered, give us another try. It's whiskeysisters.podcast, X at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Oh, and thank you so much to the person that recently gave us a lovely review and said we have sexy, sexy voices. I know that was funny because I was thinking oh the previous episode that didn't record or the Tommy and Tell one I you know I felt like I was a bit throaty so <laughs> there we go <laughs> thank you listeners yes. may your glass be full yeah if you give us a five-star review I hope your glass is full if you don't I hope it's just half full have a spooky weekend Ka. have a haunted weekend <laughs> 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 